right. Well, welcome to a very special episode of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. This is episode 15. I'm BJ. Vic. All right. So we just spent the last couple uh, episodes uh, doing an all-Batman. We did a, a debate on the Man of Steel, which, quite frankly, was pretty awesome. And then we got a chance to finally watch uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, I just wanted to make. Sh- I just wanted to get our our thoughts on it um, first. Just a just an overview first before before we move on, because um, you know I got to say, with everything that we've been trashing this movie for, without even seeing it, and with the early ratings that 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 came out, I mean, I can't think currently it's sitting at thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I basically went into the movie, and I think you did too. Basically, just had such low expectations for this movie. Um, I'm yeah, I'm actually eating crow right now. <laughs> I'm literally yeah. eating crow. I, I, I did not expect that. Yeah, so basically I think both me and BJ are, are on the side. Like, we thoroughly enjoyed the movie. And it's let's, let's, let's be very clear that there's a lot of things going on in the internet right now. And me and, me and you are not Marvel I'm not, fanboys. We're not... No. No, we don't have loyalty to either one. We have loyalty to like good movies and good directors and good stories. Absolutely. And so, if there's people out there who actually think that we are all about Marvel, it's only because they've made a good movie or good movies and they have a history. It's the same thing with Pixar. Like, I don't expect Pixar to make a shitty movie, <laughs> except for Cars. But um, yeah. But when we went into, when I went into this movie, when it was done, I, I turned to my friend and I said, "I think I like this movie." I and do. it's not let's let's be clear too that it's not a a good a good um like it, story there's there's definitely problems with this movie there's it's it's far from perfect but yes. what they but what make lacks in character development story they made up in a lot of other things yeah <laughs> which I, mean, is I can't i can't stress enough that this movie is by far so much better than man of steel it's so much more entertaining um it it was fun. It was fun to watch, and yeah. like you said, there's there's definitely a lot of issues with this movie. It, it but but I had so much of a better time watching this movie than I did Man of Steel. Um, Can and I think th- you did too, right? I did. Can you think of any movie in the history, like of every movie you've ever seen, like so one so one sided, and then you went and saw it and went, "What the hell are you talking about?" Like this was oh, this was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you rated you were you were guessing the rating on Rotten Tomatoes was between fifty and fifty five, and I was guessing sixty to sixty five. And then when we spoke after the we watched the movie, I think I think we were both in the realm of like this movie is not a thirty percent movie. This movie is definitely sixty to sixty five. Yeah, better than I, Man of Steel for sure. I, I definitely rated that. I don't know if it's certified fresh, but it, but it's just the movie. What it did, it did stuff that the Man of Steel didn't do. It was way more entertaining and fun yeah. and yeah. not as not as dreary and gloomy as i first thought and so um right. but still still lack i mean we'll we'll get into it later but it's still lacking things that we hope are going to be taken care of in the future ones <laughs> not if Zack snyder's directing because i don't think that those problems will ever get fixed it's i think our, i think our hope for the justice league movies right now is that he he does visually what he did in in um this batman v superman um, well, so that's our that's our main um, overview of what our thoughts were. Almost a 180 from 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 Man of Steel. If oh, I yeah. can stand it. That being said, 
this is a special review because we are bringing in um, Dan and Steve again yes. uh, from the East Coast. And um, so I have not spoken to Dan or Steve. I've tried to stay away from their Facebook to see what they thought about it. <laughs> nice. Um, so Dan and Steve, introduce yourselves, how you guys doing, and give us a really quick overview before we get into the details. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan. And I'm Steve. Uh, so I personally um, have to agree with both of you. I think that it was a fun movie to watch. Um, there are definitely some major problems with it, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But uh, overall, I I had a good cinematic experience, which I like. I went in having absolutely no expectations whatsoever. Just to just, like I had seen that that people had hated it before I went to see. I didn't like hear like any spoilers or anything. But I I went in with like no expectations, and honestly, I. I had fun. I had fun watching it. And, like, I know I was on the side of Man of Steel, like, the last time, so it was, like, to be expected. But, <laughs> so, but, like, overall, like, there are some major problems with it, but I actually enjoyed watching the movie. Steve? Uh, for me, uh, it's yeah. kind of the same thing of Man of Steel. I mean, no, it's it's actually worse than Man of Steel. It looks nice. and that's <laughs> oh, oh, shit. I thought I thought seriously we're gonna just be able to end the podcast after six minutes if you said you. (laughs) We gotta stay here. Now we gotta stay here for the full hour and whatever because. (laughs) All right, go ahead, Steve. Honestly, it it looked nice, like it was Frank Miller's Batman, which was really nice to have on cinema. Uh, Superman suit looked really good. Uh, Wonder Woman looked fantastic. but yeah, that's kind of about it. It looked nice. <laughs> so okay, so that's that's three to one. Um, I think all of us can agree, especially Steve, at this point in time, that that the movie definitely looked like a comic book movie. There were things yeah. in there that I had never seen before, which I was praying for. Um, and I think all of us can agree that also that this movie has major plot issues and character development. So since Steve was the only one that didn't like the movie and he actually did the 180 uh, on your side over there uh steve tell us you know in more details what what you couldn't stand about this movie versus you know what you accepted in man of steel okay what i accepted in man of steel is that it is Zack snyder so obviously i'm set up for disappointment a little bit (laughs) and that i knew that the movie would look nice so that had one thing going for it now, I will admit there were some parts of the movie that were done well, like the Wonder Woman parts and, like, the Bruce Wayne parts. Those were really nice. But every I, I've and I've come to accept that Superman isn't the Boy Scout in Zack Snyder's universe, so whatever, that's fine. He can go on a murdering spree and get yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but everything else is just utterly atrocious. It, it honestly, it, it hurt me to see this movie. Like, physically, I was debating going to a hospital. I thought I had blood loss. It was really <laughs> And the And wh- where do I start? Just on a fundamental level, not even getting to, like, the movie or the story of the movie or anything like that. Just on a character fundamental base. They messed up the one key thing about Batman, which is he doesn't kill people. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, uh, we're about we're about uh, 
10 minutes. We always fucking forget <laughs> that. We always forget. We're going to spoil the crap out of this. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So make sure you've seen the movie before you w- listen to this review because uh, you're going to go into details and we're probably going to spoil things that you didn't even know about that were happening in the movie. Uh, hashtag dark side. Yeah. Hashtag Zod's back. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. So, just on a fundamental level, they ruin the one thing about Batman that makes Batman kind of Batman is that he doesn't kill people. Now, yes, Batman has killed people in like previous movies, and he has killed people in his comic book line. But for an overall feeling, it's that he intentionally tries not to murder people because if he crosses that line, he knows he can't come back. So he's always tried to keep that moral high ground. From my body count, this movie is like 30 people, but apparently <laughs> the official body count like somewhere in the 50s. That's just Batman, though, right? No, yeah, no, yeah. That's just for Batman. What is he, the Punisher? I know, right? <laughs> he literally decapitates people with his Batmobile when he comes out of that building. Like, those people are dead. <laughs> <laughs> literally pasted the rubber on the Batmobile's tires. <clears throat> and yeah. Just, he he literally cuts an SUV in half with the machine guns that are on the Batmobile. He just, and this is not even counting like the kills that are in like the nightmare sequence. This is just like real world kills. He literally just goes around like, oh no, I have to fight you. Bang. Sorry, I don't want to deal with this. Bye. He literally Indiana Jones the entire movie. <laughs> There's supposed to be a fight sequence here. I know that, but I'm lazy. Bang. Okay, so so my question is, why do you accept? Why would you accept um, Batman's killing? And he doesn't outright ever really kill anyone. He doesn't save. An, he doesn't save any of the bad guys. And and my argument for kind of accepting Batman's kills in how he's doing it in this movie is that it's basically been done in almost every Batman movie to date. Even mm-hmm. even the even the original um, Tim, Tim Burton one. Or, Tim Burton one. I mean. Yeah. Don't forget, he blows up Ace Chemicals, and there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of minions in that building. Yeah, he well, doesn't well, save any of them. Twenty people in there, or so. Right, but they're dead, and then yeah. you know, he 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 doesn't he doesn't save Ra's al Ghul or anybody on that train um, from the League of Shadows on there, so they're all dead. Um, when he when he causes the explosion before in Batman Begins, when he causes the explosion because he won't execute that other person. He, he doesn't execute the one criminal, but he kills everybody in the League of Shadows that's in that building. So, so and Batman then, has a pretty big body count. So I think for me and BJ, we talked about this, that that there wasn't like an outright kill for Batman in this. It was like, was it's like collateral a damage. A lot of collateral yeah. damage. Yeah, there's a lot of collateral damage that Batman has always caused in even the best Batmans that we've ever seen. So I was okay with with that because Batman just doesn't have in this type of a world doesn't have the, the capability of fighting 10 guys or fighting 20 guys and pulling them all out of a building. He just doesn't have that capability, whereas Superman does. Um, so that, that's why we didn't accept it in Man of Steel. So it's kind of interesting that you're, that you're not accepting it from Batman, where we've seen Batman kill from the very first movie that we've ever seen him in, in, in the Tim, version, Tim Burton version. Yeah. Well, and, like, and I 100% and the first say that yeah, I fully know that Batman kills, but in those movies, it wasn't like outright like I have a gun, bang, 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 bang. And 
Now, yeah, I will admit that in other cinematic versions, the Batmobile or Bat vehicles did have weaponry. I 100% agree with that. But there, it's completely different using, like, a gun or a cannon to, like, clear a roadblock, like, in Batman. I mean, in The Dark Knight Rises. Or, like, using guns to, like, destroy an obstacle rather than, like, cutting an SUV in half full of people. Or dragging or flipping over a car, killing the four men inside of that, dragging the car behind you, and then catapulting it into another car, killing everyone. <laughs> well, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of does uh, do some of that damage in The Dark Knight Rises, where he, um, where he is in the, in the, in I guess they call it the bat. Uh, he's flying around oh, in yeah. the air, and he's basically destroying all the tumblers um, that have people in it, two or three people in the tumblers. So, so he he does kind of do it in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it's funny. I I didn't really have a problem with him doing all that stuff. The problem that I had is some of the details. The details, um, like he's upset with Superman destroying uh, Metropolis and destroying the Wayne Building. He's upset about that, but yet at the end of the movie. He says, "Oh, I'm gonna have Doomsday follow me into the city so I can stab it." And I'm like, "Why would you bring that beast into the city when you know it's gonna thrash everything?" You know. So I mean, some of the some of the things that he did were really questionable. But I think I think for me, my my two my two biggest issues with this movie is another underdeveloped uh, character development for Superman and. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex, Lex Luthor. Those are my oh, two biggest issues yeah, with this movie. Yeah, me too. So with the Superman thing, there's this great scene that uh, that Zack Snyder films where he, it's right after the explosion in the courtroom and Superman is standing there, not like a scratch on him. And he's just, he's got like, these tears in his eyes where he's just like, I can't believe all these people died. And I'm just like, and I couldn't like I didn't stop it and I didn't know about it and like I'm gonna get blamed for all these deaths and it's my fault that I did this right and it was that like the gorgeous it's a gorgeous shot like it's just I've never seen anything like that for a Superman movie or a comic book movie and and Snyder never really he tries to go back to that plot or that character uh, development and he never really fully realizes it because it the next time you really see him battle or have that conflict within him within himself is that scene where he's on the balcony with Lois and by that time about 45 minutes have already passed since you know that courtroom scene and and it's and it's cut in there with you know with a ton of action and stuff like that and I felt like I felt like if they developed Superman's um, conflict about being Superman uh, better in that movie that his sacrifice at the end of the movie would have weighed more heavily uh, for the for the overall plot. And then going back to Jesse Eisenberg, there were people in a theater when he when he first really starts talking and starts you know going off on these tangents when he's giving that speech at his party where Bruce and uh, Clark meet. There, there were people laughing in the theater like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This is my Lex Luthor." Yeah, I wanted to literally punch a baby. I was so pissed off. <laughs> Like I, I could not stand him at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he had, was he had, terrible. Ter- 
Tourette syndrome or something. He was just wacky. They tried to make him like this, like super genius with like this ADD type thing where he couldn't keep a straight thought. Tried to make him really smart, and all I came across was I pictured this guy, like a that person in high school, trying to be like a know-it-all and trying to be like this bookworm and try to shove his knowledge in your face, and all you want to do is shove him in a fucking locker and pour piss on him. Right, right. It, the, the thing that really ticked me off with Zack Snyder is that, again, he did a disservice to Superman. He spent more time developing Batman and even developing Lix Luthor a little bit more than he did Superman. And he touched on some stuff about Superman that could have been great, but then he backed off and let too much time pass. And then you have that yeah. scene on the balcony with Lois Lane that, ba- that touched it a little bit. And then you have the scene... The scene, which I still have no idea why they filmed it, but he's like on top of a mountain with his dad, dead dad, talking to him. And I was like, what? Well, yeah, I'm like, what? I I didn't understand that at all. There was a lot of, there was like a lot of nightmare, like a lot of nightmare or dream sequences. A lot of dreaming. Jesus. Yeah, it was like, it was like what Arrow does with flashbacks. It was really annoying. Yeah, I couldn't stand. They take, it take you out of the action. It takes you out of the movie. And shows you this stuff, and, and it's really confusing too. Yeah, it's really confusing because there's that there's that point in the movie where he's trying to uh, Batman's trying or Bruce Wayne's trying to decrypt the file, and he has a dream about a future where 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 apparently Lois is dead and Batman killed Lois or whatever, and it looks like Superman has given in to helping Darkseid take over the Earth. And he's dreaming that, and I was like, "Wait a minute, he's not a Jedi. How the fuck does he?" And that was the he, like have a force dream. I think that was the I think that was the Flash talking to him, wasn't right. it? And then all of a sudden, the Flash shows up, yeah, out of nowhere, and he doesn't even really look like the Flash. And I don't even know what Ezra Miller looks like. It's not like it's not like they got like Brad Pitt to play the Flash and told everybody that Brad Pitt was going to be the Flash, and then you see him like nobody knows who the fuck Ezra Miller is. So when he showed up, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Because yeah, until I got out of the movie, I thought it was a boom tube from like yeah. uh, uh, from Darkseid or whatever, that storyline. Yeah, Dan, so, I mean, that's us. That's us. Those are, yeah. these are people that are actually yeah. like paying attention to comics and shit, and we're confused on it. So think, think about how that's going to go with the normal m- moviegoer. So what do you guys yeah. think about those things? I know, I know, Steve, you can weigh in probably, but Dan, I want to know what you thought about those. Uh, especially like the dream sequences. I like to you to your guys' point. It just there was just too too many of them, and it just broke the movie up when they could have been used to like develop Superman, for example. And like the, the talking to Jonathan on the mountain, like I like I don't get how he just talks to him and then he isn't there. Like he's just like hallucinating. Like like I'm like what is that? Yeah, that's the that's the superhero I want, the all powerful basic god who's fucking hallucinating. That's why right. I want protecting him. <laughs> and then the whole the like the inception dream with the like the earth slash apocalypse and then he wakes up from that and then the flash who I didn't even know was the flash, I thought it was like Orion or like Yeah, Red that's what Hood, I thought. Too. Or like Red Hood or something. Yeah, yeah. And like that doesn't look like him at all. Like Flash doesn't wear freaking armor. No, he doesn't. So, he doesn't wear a helmet that looks like he was on a motorcycle. Yeah, exactly. You know that helmet? Did you guys see Big Hero Six? Yeah. Okay, so remember that chick that was on skates with that helmet? She had that glass shield over her face. Yeah. yeah. That's what that helmet looked like. 
Yeah. So I was like, okay, so, cool. Big Hero Six is in this. So then he wakes up from the apocalypse <laughs> dream, and then the Flash like gives him some warning, and then he wakes up from that. So my question is, how? When did Flash get the ability to go into people's dreams? Oh my God, he had yeah, totally. Dude, dude, Zack Snyder wants to be fucking. He wants to be fucking Christopher Nolan so bad. He did a fucking Inception. Yeah, that's what I said. It's, it was an Inception scene. Like what? <laughs> He did a dream within a dream. That's fucking, that's inception right there. How does Bruce even know what Apocalypse even looks like? That's impossible. Oh, you mean, you mean, uh, Dark Side? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, that's the, that's the part that we don't understand either because he doesn't have, Bruce Wayne does not have that. He has no ability, basically. He has no super ability. He's no. never been to the planet. Like he has, he shouldn't know what it looks like whatsoever. And that was a pretty accurate representation of, of, and then he wakes up. Well, yeah, no, but uh, but it had like apocalypse qualities to it, like. Yeah, yeah, he had the omega, the omega sign was in the sand. Well, okay, so this is what Vic and I's take on this because we talked about it, but again, it's just them saying trying to set up a movie, a Justice League movie. So like, they have to like, oh, we have to show you what's gonna come and all this stuff. But all they had to do was that last scene with Lex Luthor. He says something worse is coming. And that's all they really needed to do. You know, they didn't have to do all those dream sequences. Yeah. It didn't make then, any sense. And then the whole, like, Bruce waking up and then Flash coming in and warning Bruce. I just, like, I was just so confused. Like, when when did Flash can't dream travel? No. He can time travel, but he can't dream travel. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, yeah, the, the, the nightmares were just, were really bizarre. And also, I think the worst offense ever was the, the, the Justice League in a, in a fucking email made yeah. no absolute no sense. Yeah, they they those those things took me right out of the movie. My complaint about that, and, and BJ, I don't think this bothers you as much, but it bothers me because because essentially Lex Luthor has been tracking metahumans, and um, but the files have a folder with their symbols on that, and I'm like, well, how does how does he know the symbols that are on? Like he creates the symbols, like because I would have I would have been better off. Like and, and so me and BJ talked about this about this is exactly how Batman v Superman should have happened. It it should have focused on three things. It should have focused on why Batman has an issue with Superman. It should have focused on Superman, Superman's conflict mm-hmm. within himself, and a little bit of 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 how he doesn't agree with Batman. And then it should have been somebody other than Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, Lex Luthor, where he is, his reveal about him having all these things going on doesn't happen until the very end of the movie, but you get to see, like, this strong business type of Lex Luthor, and then all these, like, it's almost like they were trying to pull, like, what happened in The Dark Knight, where the Joker kind of has all these, like, brilliant schemes and all these endings that you don't see happening, but because it's a Zack Snyder movie he had to tell us everything that was fucking going on without having us guess what was going on. It was so irritating. He acted as if we're, as an audience, we're stupid. But yeah. yet he he did put stuff in there that made me feel stupid, like the, <laughs> the dream sequences. I, but, yeah. But he the over-explained thing, it so much that he confused the shit out of us. Yeah, right. Sometimes less is more. Yeah. Exactly. And and the way, like, Vic and I were talking about it, it should have what should have happened was when he stuck that jump drive in his computer, it should took the rest of the movie to figure it out. And then by the end of the movie, he it should have showed the email with the symbols. He didn't click on it, but then next thing you know, he's at the gravesite with with Miss Prince, telling her, "Hey, we need to put the team together." And that's the way it should have ended. 
just yeah. boom. Because by showing by showing the 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 heroes in the email in the middle of the movie in the middle of the movie it takes you out of the movie. Number one, number two, the the images they show are so fucking boring, and you don't give a shit. Like especially Aquaman's video was so stupid, you know, compared to you know the the other ones. Like Cyborgs, I thought was the best, but but that's not really saying much. It looked like a like um like a clip taken out of a TV show is what that looked like. Yeah, um, they didn't need to show. They didn't need to show us a damn thing. They could have just nothing. all they needed to do is just nothing. ease the files and cut, and that's it. That's it. Don't show us. Don't show us the flash coming through. Don't show us the Omega Dream, the Apocalypse Omega Dream. No, you know, don't. And then what? What, what everybody was saying, and I think you guys touched on this too, that Wonder Woman like kind of like stole the. Show. I didn't think she stole the show because I had seen so much of the footage already. Yeah. Where for me, so. for me, I thought the better reveal would have been if like so. So Dan and Steve, just imagine this. Try to try to follow along with this. So remember how Christopher Nolan kind of hid Talia Al Ghul uh, from people and said, gave her a different name and shit like that. And well, I think in this one, what it would have been better is if they don't show us anything about Wonder Woman. They don't even tell us that Wonder Woman is in the movie. They just say that uh, Diana Prince, or sorry, not Diana Prince. Um, that's that would reveal it. But they they, they just say Gal Gadot is playing this mysterious woman who is trying to steal something from Lex Luthor. And there that's it. That's all you that's had it. to tell us. That's it. Right? Because now going, Dan and Steve, going into this movie thinking like you don't know who the fuck this woman is, and then all of a sudden the, re- the reveal happens when the flight attendant turns to Diana Prince and says, Miss Prince, you need to get back to your seat. Now think about the fucking goosebumps that goes through your fucking body when she name drops Diana Prince. And then all of a sudden you see her show up in full Wonder Woman costume. But because we had known about this like, you know, a year in advance and shown us so much fucking footage, it wasn't a big deal when, when she finally showed up. It's not just that, but in the email, he, he found a fucking picture of her dressed as Wonder Woman in, in the, during the right, World War right, I. Right, exactly. I mean, they just shove it in your face through the whole time. So when she pops up at the end, I didn't get goosebumps. I went, oh, yeah, I saw that in the commercial. All right. What do you, what do you guys think? I, I 100% agree with that. And, like, going back to uh, the dream sequence, I 100% agree with you guys on that point. And if for any reason Zack Snyder 100% felt like he needed to put that dream sequence in there to make his movie a movie, give it to someone who makes sense, like Wonder Woman. She's based on Greek mythology. Have it be a vision from the Oracle or a vision oh, from yeah. Ooh, nice. That's good. Like that. Good pull. Exactly. Um, like, have it be something like that where it ties in a little bit of Wonder Woman's mythos and the fact that she takes so much from Greek mythology, being yeah. a vegetarian. Like, it, it really made absolutely no sense for Batman to have that dream because, like Dan said, he would have no idea what the apocalypse terraforming looks like. He would have no idea who Darkseid is. He'd have no idea what the Omega symbol means. Yeah, and he wouldn't, at that point in time, he wouldn't even know who Flash was. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. You know what? You know what? And 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 we talked about this too. I think I so like. Did you guys did you guys read up on like what was going on like with that sequence that they actually filmed it in the seventy millimeter IMAX footage? So like that that whole dream sequence, that whole nightmare sequence with with uh, uh, um, Dark Side basically being teased, probably cost like twenty five fifty million dollars. So then how do you justify? So then they kind of back themselves into a corner where it's like. 
how do you justify cutting a 50 million sequence, $50, 50 million dollar sequence out of a movie? Because if you take that movie, if you take that scene out and move it to somebody else or don't even show it, like, how do you justify to the studios that you just wasted $50 million? Well, so, like, you, there was no, they, ha- they couldn't, they couldn't cut it from the movie. It was just too expensive. Yeah, but they could have took it out and then tacked it on the very beginning of the Justice League movie. They could have done something. Yeah, but even if you tack it onto the beginning of the Justice League movie, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't solve the problem that Bruce Wayne doesn't have those abilities and neither does the Flash. Yeah, that's, well, that's true. And I'll be 100% honest, with the Flash looking like that, like, I have not seen anything on Ezra Miller's Flash, and like you guys said, I have no idea who the hell Ezra Miller is. I honest to God thought that that was Orion the New God coming through a boom tube to warn Batman about what Darkseid would do. I was right there with you, Steve. I thought, like, mm-hmm. I even said to DJ, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, so I, I was I was calling it a boom tube, and then, like, I read an article uh, yesterday that said that it was the Flash, and I'm like, what? That was the fucking Flash? How the fuck is that the Flash? When does he actually time rip through a dream? Um, yeah, I don't know. Flash Inception, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's in the future helping him. Exactly. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, that was just, that was terrible. What, you know, so one thing I did like, I liked the dynamic between Batman and Alfred. I thought Jeremy Irons was awesome. Oh, Jeremy yeah. Irons knocked it out of the park with that. Um, I yep. think that um, Amy Adams was misused and uh, Martha Kent was misused again. Oh my God, Martha Kent has the worst line in the fucking movie that contradicts everything about Superman in that fucking film. Yeah. Where she, where she, it's right after where he's like conflicted about being Superman and helping people, mm-hmm. and then she's like, you know, be their hero, be their whatever, or okay. be none of it, because you don't owe this world anything. And I'm like, asshole. You're fucking, you're fucking kidding me. You're basically like, and then when she gets kidnapped at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie, I'm like, you, I bet you want him to be fucking Superman now. <laughs> be somebody. Be an in and out. Be an in and out employee. Come on. Yeah, but be, only be Superman to save my ass. Yeah. <laughs> Work at Burger King. <laughs> Goddamn, Martha, roll it back a little bit. Yeah, I know. Like seriously, can you? I, I know your husband's dead and all, but. Obviously, everybody needs Superman. Stop telling him not to fucking be Superman. And on the Martha thing, something that super annoys me is that Batman is supposedly the world's greatest greatest detective. He knew who Superman was. Why was he so surprised about Superman's mom's name? And I love how after that, it's like, why are you saying Martha? Lois comes in. That's his mother's name. And then he's like, okay, we're best friends. My mom's Martha. Your mom's Martha. We're practically family. Let's go fight a bad guy. Uh, basically, so, yeah. So I have to. I have to confess. I've been watching comic book movies and and comic book <laughs> cartoons and reading comic books for fucking ever. And when he named out Martha, I was like, wait a minute. They both have the same fucking name. It never fucking dawned on me that Clark Kent's mother was the fucking same thing. You're the worst reporter <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so, so I guess I guess both Batman and and Clark Kent are like are, are really They're bad because stupid, because Clark, Clark had no fucking clue who the richest most powerful man on the face of the earth was, and the <laughs> and world's greatest detective had no idea who who Clark Kent's mother was. Failures, <laughs> both of them. Is there any Gotham cities like right across the bay from this metropolis? I know. What like, was up with that? Not know who the richest so does that mean? So does that mean Gotham is like New Jersey? Basically. Yes, basically. <laughs> All right. So that was like fought. That was fought in like Jersey City or Hoboken. Yep. Nice. Yeah. And now it is trashed. So then, sorry. So then that means that means a po- that means the fight with Doomsday was happening on what, like Ellis Island? 
Yeah, yeah. basically. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much the, the hero park. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nope. There's, yep. a, there's a really bad edit job. There's a really bad edit job in that when you just brought up the harbor thing about being across from the harbor where so it's right after they become best friends all of a sudden and Batman goes to save um, Martha Kent and there's like 10, 15 minutes that fly by, right? After he saves her. And then you cut and then Superman just ends up landing in the heart of Metropolis where Doomsday is being built or made. And it took him 15 minutes to fly across the harbor. Where the fuck did he go for 10 minutes? <laughs> he wanted to get a coffee or something. Batman had to use his Bat credit card. <laughs> so, hands down, the best part of that movie for me was actually seeing Batman fight. You know, when uh, Alfred drops him off on the second floor, and that that whole fight was pretty awesome. It was. They fucking showed, they showed, like, a minute of it in the fucking trailer, and it Really I know that all the cool sequences were teased in the trailers because they had no fucking confidence in this movie whatsoever. Yeah, they kind of blew their wad in the trailers. They sh- they pretty much told the whole movie in the trailer, with the exception of Superman dying. But I kind of knew that was going to happen because Doomsday kills him. I mean, essentially, in, in the comic book. So I didn't, you know. for some reason I didn't. I don't think Doomsday is the one. Man. But I just didn't think you would, and here's why. Because you just have to be Superman, and you didn't give him anything to do in this movie, and you're now you're going to kill him off. Well, like, he'll, yeah. Like, you know. I, was, I guess I was thinking logically and not thinking like Zack Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was honestly, like, one of, like, the top two biggest problems with me in this movie it, is, one, the fact that he just took Zod's body and then basically sprinkled him with some blood, and he became Doomsday was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so basically, so basically, what that saying is, if Superman and Lois were ever to have a kid, it would be Doomsday. It'd be a baby Doomsday. That's what I got from that. And then you, like, growing up in the '90s, the death of Superman storyline was like one of the biggest ones in comics yeah. around. Oh, yeah. And you basically shoehorn that in the last 15 minutes of this movie for no fucking reason. Like, I, I think, like, personally, I think, yeah, we don't give a shit about this Superman because Zack Snyder made it that way, but you can't, like, I feel like that particular storyline, the death of Superman storyline, deserved better than just being tossed into the end of this movie. Right. That yeah, me it off. definitely yeah. did. It definitely yeah. did. And, I mean, all of our points about Superman's death are, are, are spot on. Like, it, like plot-wise, it doesn't make any sense, and you only give like five minutes to it because I was just waiting for the whole time for something to happen where he was coming back. And they waited, of course, until the very, very, very end where the dirt started floating up. Yeah, so why did it, why did it start floating up? That didn't make any sense either. Because that that's what happens in the man of steel. When he first learns how to fly, the gravity around him starts like being altered a little bit. So if you go back to man of steel, when he, when he, when he first learns how to fly, it's right after he crashes into the mountain after he falls uh, so apparently Superman's a really fast learner. So he he jumps, remember, he jumps a few times, and oh, okay. it's like he's flying, and then he falls and crashes into the mountain, and then he does this, like, like I don't know, he does like this, like, rock breath. If you watch wrestling, oh, it shakes, he does, it like, the rock. The, yeah, it he does the, the rock. Floor. He does the oh, rock, and he takes a breath, takes a deep breath, mm-hmm. so the sun, and then he kneels down and puts his fist into the ground, and that's <laughs> where the dirt, that's where the dirt starts flying up a little, like, floating a little bit, in uh in Man of Steel. Yeah. So that's basically what that was teasing. Like, I guess he was gonna fly out of there. But there was two grave diggers there, so like if he was gonna fly out of there, once again, 
people are going to know that he's fucking Superman because apparently everybody knew who every every person who got top billing in this movie knew who each other was. <laughs> like, hey, do you remember? Where? Did you remember uh, Superman died earlier in the movie too when he sent Darkseid up into the in space and got hit with the nuclear blast? You mean uh, you mean uh, Doomsday? Doomsday. Sorry. See, I get too many D bad guys. Yeah, that was uh, that was. That scene where Superman was like all, uh, almost like a corpse or whatever, was kind of like um, he looked a little bit like uh, Superman in the in the Flashpoint um, cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was pretty trippy though. Uh, but uh, well, they basically teased it like that he already died there, and then he just came back. So like, if you if you're a smart moviegoer, like I'm thinking the whole time, like why don't you just put him in the fucking sun? Well, like, I'm down to fucking Hawaii or Florida and put him in the sun. Well, so the whole problem, again, is like that his death had little to no impact at all. And it kind of reminded me of when uh, Dumbledore died in, in the movie version of Harry Potter. It just had very little impact versus how the book portrayed it. It was way more um, heartfelt, way more emotional. So, like, Superman's death was not emotional at all for me I, I just went oh okay they, uh, he'll be back in justice league part one okay yeah, you know, it, okay. it was just for me it was just shocking that they actually killed him because of those points that i said that he he his character was really underdeveloped and he just killed you know the big gun basically so like i was kind of shocked that they actually went ahead and did that but then again oh, it was a Zack snyder movie uh, movie so it you know, it makes sense for Zack Snyder. Well, I guess if you're going to kill the one person off that you know can come back, that would be the guy. I mean, if you well, kill Batman, you kill Batman, he's dead. You can kill anybody. You kill Batman, he's dead. You know, whatever. Honestly, like, when Superman gets shot by the nuke, that comes from directly the Dark Knight Returns comic book. Shoot the mm-hmm. book a lot better. And I love how the fact it's like, are they high enough? Yeah, President, what do you want to do? We got nukes? Yep. Fire away. Fuck it. Let's just do it. And then... Yeah, that was kind of weird. Especially because the last movie, Superman's like, I'm here to help you guys. Cool, you're on our side. Is he in space? Cool. Let's try nuking him. Let's see if that works. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, what would have been such a cooler action sequence is, I know Kryptonite, for its entire existence, has always had varying effects on Superman, depend on the amount of theme music behind him and his personal gusto. Yeah. <laughs> So what would have been an awesome sequence is Superman rises from the water, right? He throws the spear. It doesn't make it all the way to Superman. Now, this, once again, goes back to the Wonder Woman's Greek heritage. She grabs the spear and, like, Olympian throws it into Darkseid. I mean, like not a javelin. Darkseid, Doomsday. Yeah, yeah that, that would have been cool. That would have actually have been pretty cool. And, oh, my I God, mean, General Doomsday. Doomsday was just a waste of a character. Doomsday could not have been... Like, like, I, fuck, I mean, you used, like, a major character in, in the comic book world to, it's just a throwaway character. Like, I mean, exactly. he basically did, he basically did to Doomsday what, what Joel Schumacher did with, with Bane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I 100% agree, because, like, you see, if Doomsday is one of those reoccurring villains, and he, even though Doomsday himself People think that he's like a stupid brute. He's actually not. In the comic books, he's very smart. Or before Superman lobotomizes him, he's actually quite smart. Right. But the problem is, is that they literally took one of Superman's biggest villains, killed him within like a 15-minute time span, 
And there's no way to come back from that. He got a kryptonite shard to the heart. So he's dead. And, yeah. and normally, like, when you think about Doomsday, he has the kryptonite resistance and he has uh, resistances that Superman don't have. But I just feel like it's such a waste to take a character like Doomsday, one, breed oh, him... Yeah, one, breed him out of Zod, and then two, kill him in the same movie he appears. It it, it just doesn't make any sense. No. Mm. They did a terrible job with that. They did a ter- again, like Lois Lane is wasted. Um, I like I like uh, Perry White's character. He was pretty. Funny. I love it. I love Perry. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's the one thing that made me actually laugh. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my I think um, when you did see. Gal got out as uh, Diana Prince. She was good. Reacted uh, at all. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck was pretty good. I didn't yeah. have a problem with him at all. Henry Cavill, unfortunately, is just really with a bad director. He needs somebody that actually gives a shit about Superman. Yeah. Because you're wasting you're wasting a pretty decent actor and somebody who comic book wise looks as close to Superman as you're ever going to get. Um, I mean that that dude. I mean, that dude looks like Superman. Seriously, that dude is fucking Superman. I mean, I mean, with, like, um, Brandon Ralph, he didn't have blue eyes, so he had to wear contacts, and he's not right. as jacked. I mean, right. Superman's fucking jacked in, in the comic books. And, I mean, Henry Cavill is fucking jacked. I mean, he looks like his... Everything about him looks like Superman, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, and he's being wasted. He's being wasted by Zack Snyder. He is. See, see my point of view is all the heroes and Alfred and like Perry, all of them are great at their character, if that yes. makes sense. Like, yes. if you were to take them out, they are perfect at their character. The problem is, is that the stories that they're written in and what the actors have to work with just completely overshadows that, and it just completely destroys it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the whole beginning of the movie was so many different jump cuts and just so many edits from back and forth, back and forth, that those characters didn't get to shine a lot, you know, when they were on screen. They just would say a line and then it would be over with. So, yeah. like, so Perry's and Lois Lane's characters were kind of... That was interesting with Lois Lane, seeing Lois Lane and uh, Superman get it on in the bathtub. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking immediately of Kevin Smith when that happened. When I was like, is Superman about to kill Lois Lane right here? <laughs> <laughs> Uh wow. She's, he's gotta wear a kryptonite condom. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always Doomsday's gonna pop out and then the world. Yeah. That's where that's where Wonder Woman comes in and is like, you don't need you can you can free ball it with me. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to wear your suit with me, Superman. <laughs> give, give it all you got, Superboy. Yeah, just blast it on my face. I'm good. <laughs> so it was, um, it was kind of cool seeing Wonder Woman use some of her powers. I've heard that you know they've kind of um, saving some of the goodies for her movie, but I liked seeing uh, her use her bracelets and uh, and the lasso of truth. It was oh, yeah, cool. so, I was so happy they used the bracelets correctly. Yes. Yeah. I was like, please, God, don't waste the bracelets. If they're nothing else. <laughs> the thing that I really loved about it was the fact that they used the bracelets shockwave effect. 
Like, not many people know about that, but that, they actually do do that. If they reverberate it together, they make a giant shockwave. Yeah, and it pushed it pushed Doomsday back quite quite a bit. Exactly. I wonder if it's made out of I wonder if it's made out of vibranium. Uh, different movie. <laughs> different yeah, movie. We probably stopped by uh, Wakanda on the way over to uh, pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> well, what else? What else did you? I mean, some of the details. Um, well, let, let's 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 do this. Yeah, we, we basically spent the first half hour trashing the movie, but uh, <laughs> three three out of four of us actually did enjoy the movie. Yes, let's, let's three out of the four of us. So we gave his his bashing of the first half hour. Uh, so let's let's try to move into things that we actually did like in this movie because again, I was thoroughly entertained in this movie as opposed to Man of Steel. This definitely was more of a popcorn movie than the other movie. The other one was just taking itself too seriously. It was like too gloomy and boring and and this movie was way more uh popcorny and entertaining and i mean um but the thing i'll just start you know the thing that i really really liked i enjoyed was i i forgot that affleck was in the movie because i i really enjoyed his his uh bruce wayne and his batman dan um well i i was one of the ones that when Affleck was first announced as Batman. I didn't hate it like so many other people did. Like I, I think he, like the work he did in like the town in Argo yep. showed that he could take like a role like this and do well in it. And he didn't disappoint. I honestly thought that his his Bruce Wayne was one of the better ones that has has come out. Um, also, I like how while they did give away Wonder Woman's like costume in that uh world war one photo i kind of feel like they're trying to do like a like a captain america type deal with her like Mm -hmm. her movie they're gonna go back to like her past and do like something like that so i really i really liked how they portrayed her in in that movie um i think alfred was really well done jeremy irons is one of my my favorite actors that did really well perry did really well so like a lot of the people that weren't the main characters played played really well. Like Lo- Lois wasn't, but that was more writing than yeah than, than the actress just yeah. sucking as an actress. But like other than that, I think like that was really what I enjoyed. I had I had moments in the movie where like I was like that was fucking awesome. So right off the bat, I was like this movie blows. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and it <laughs> happened. It happened with like right away. I gotta fucking watch Thomas Wayne and Martha Martha Wayne fucking killed again. Yeah, you and got I'm her like, name right. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I was thinking like that that whole sequence should have been just cut, and it starts immediately with the destruction of Metropolis. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't way more even impactful. As a, even as a normal moviegoer, and you you had to have seen at least one Batman in your lifetime, or known that you know Bruce Wayne's parents are killed and that's why he becomes Batman. I don't need to fucking see it again. I don't need to yeah. see the entire sequence again. We didn't need to open the movie. time. We get it. They're in the alley and they die. Move yeah, along. Like yeah, because because the whole thing is teased later on when he has that he has another uh, nightmare when he's visiting the mausoleum where it says Martha Kent, and then he has the, yeah. he has the the quick cuts that happen later on when when Superman calls out Martha. So you didn't need to see that whole sequence. No. So, but I loved the Metropolis destruction scene with Bruce Wayne in it. I loved the scene where 
my one of my I think my favorite scene is that Superman scene in the in the courtroom where he's just standing oh, there. Oh yeah, just completely nice. like he, like I, I if if I I don't even know what a, a hopeless Superman looks like, but that is as close as it's gonna get. Like I've never seen a superhero so like helpless and hopeless and that powerful. That was the one time I actually cared about Superman was that scene. Yes. That's the, why it's so Snyder, disappointing that he never went back to it. Yeah. No, Snyder they just cut away. It was it. An emotional connection for me to Superman out of that scene, and then they didn't go anywhere. It was just, I was so mad. Yeah, that scene. That was a. That was. I think that's my favorite scene in the entire movie. Um, I loved uh, watching Affleck beat Batman. I loved watching him fight. Um, I loved. Um, Dude, the Batmobile was pretty sick. It was pretty good. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think like what else like stood out to me. There was um oh this the scene leading up to the courtroom was pretty cool. Like bet I I told I said this before to to BJ off air. Um, the my favorite Lex Luthor scene does not have Lex Luthor in it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it or does does not have Jesse Eisenberg in it. it. And it's the scene leading up to the explosion where gross. where Holly Hunter is turning the peach tea. And I was like, oh my god, that's so fucking Lex Luthor right there. You know, like, it's so, like, uh, it's almost, it was almost like a callback to the Joker in the courtroom where the judge turns the card over. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, it, it was wicked. Because I was like, oh, that's wicked smart, like, that he's, like, you know, that he's got, like, all this planning ahead that he actually put that thing there, and then all of a sudden the explosion happens. So, like, my favorite Lex Luthor scene does not have Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, and they couldn't pin it on him. I mean, that was, that was right, good. Right, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that scene stands out the most to me because it. For, so Man of Steel was what like an, almost two hours long or two mm-hmm. hours long. About so, and then Batman v Superman was what two and a half hours long. Yeah, so four and a half hours of movie. I emotionally was like connected to one character, uh, for thirty seconds in four and a half hours. Of, right. Um, pretty much. That's pretty sad. Yeah, it is pretty sad. I, and that, that's my favorite. That's my favorite scene. And Steve, I know you didn't like the movie, but what was your what was the thing that you actually liked the most of the about the movie? And, um, well, I'll admit, like the movie for me, I didn't like it. There were a lot of good parts in it. You guys hit a lot of the parts that I like in it, and I I kind of agree with you that my favorite Lex Luthor scene is when Lex Luthor isn't in it, and we get to see, like, the kind of, like, maniacal genius that Lex Luthor is. And one thing that kind of upsets me is that Lex Luthor Sr., the actual Lex Luthor, is dead. And all we're stuck with is Lex Luthor Jr., a.k.a. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. But but I really... There's a lot of parts that I did like. Like, I loved the... Batman fight sequences, like when he was like fist fighting people, that was well, that was like pure like Arkham Knight like fighting. It was phenomenal. I loved every time Jeremy Irons was like talking to Bruce Wayne because it it actually showed that like Alfred has been through with Bruce Wayne from the beginning, and he actually like cares about him and sees him changing rather than just being like this kind of like yes man butler. Yeah, he was like super witty and like super like snarky, which was fantastic for Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah, I thought Alfred was really good in this. Um, it, it definitely takes a step up above Michael Caine's version of of Alfred. He's more, he's obviously a lot younger, and he he basically ta- he's basically Alfred and Lucius Fox. In yeah, 
Yeah, he's really yeah. scrappy, really scrappy, and pretty pretty charming and funny. I liked uh, I liked the I liked the Batmobile uh, the Batcave. That was pretty cool. Um, it was a very clean, uh, but still usable you know Batcave. So that was I liked the design of uh, I liked the design of a lot of things in the movie. I, I did not like the design of Doomsday, but um, there looked things- like a cave troll. Well, he looked like one of the ogres or arc uh, or whatever from the Lord of the Rings mixed yeah. with like it was like one of the ogres or or orcs from the Lord of the Rings had sex with a teenage mutant ninja turtle and that's what you got. Yeah, pretty much. Well, the teenage mutant ninja turtle from the Michael Bay produced ones. Not- <laughs> <laughs> of fan yeah, let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can't. I I, I just cannot believe that this movie is thirty percent because. I mean, yeah, we spent a lot of time trashing it right now, but but I, I really did enjoy this movie. Like at the end of the day, like I I was really surprised that I was like I couldn't even believe it. It was like almost coming out of the closet, like if I was gay or something. I was like, I think I like this movie. Like I couldn't fucking believe it. <laughs> you felt it. You felt ashamed at the end, didn't you? Yeah, I was like, I think I need to go. Like I, think I need to go to church or something. I need I, to go take a shower and, and sit in the corner and rock back and forth. <laughs> yeah, like Ace Ventura chewing gum and chewing a shit ton of gum. Yeah. <laughs> Brushing his teeth really hard. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, I just, I was really surprised that I had a good time watching the movie. I mean, you know, think like I, it took me like what today's sat, uh, Saturday, so you know, it took me a day and a half to process like the whole movie in my head. And and at the end of the day, the the movie is really got a lot of issues, but it was fucking fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was not a, a terrible movie like Fantastic Four or, or Man of Steel. It was. Yeah, it was, I really, it was fun. What do you guys think fun. about what do you what do you think about the rating, Dan and Steve? Like, I know Steve probably thinks it is a thirty percent movie, but, <laughs> but but I'm really surprised that it's that rated that bad because for, for me, I thought it was a much better movie than Man of Steel. Like I said, uh, with my personal like like with my like personal grudges against the movie aside, the movie isn't horrible. Like, obviously, I have problems with like the individual characters and like how some story was that kind of ruined the movie for me. But like non-biasly, the movie isn't that bad. It at least deserves like a 45, 50 because you can obviously, you can obviously tell that this movie was taken in a different light than kind of Man of Steel mm-hmm. where a little more care was like maybe accidentally put into it, but it was put into it either way. <laughs> so you, so you, so if you were giving it a rating versus the Rotten Tomatoes cumulative rating, you would rate it in the 40s. So you would actually rate it worse than Man of Steel. Uh, I, I read like high forties, low fifties. Okay. So Man of Steel, I don't know if you know this, but Man of Steel is at 56% as a, as a starting point, you would rate it lower than Man of Steel. Okay. Maybe like high fifties, low sixties then. Okay. So then we're all basically, what about you, Dan? I would definitely like 60. Okay. So we're basically all in the same boat. This is the worst fucking debate ever. (laughs) <laughs> I know because I, I I said right away it should be sixty. I don't think I think I don't think Steve is that far off when he said it was forty because I think for him because the 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 production how big this thing was it should have been rated really really high. So I think he's rating it low based on how big the movie is. Right. It should be rated high, but it's not. 
Exactly. So, yeah. so keep your forty percent. I mean, that's that's the way you feel about it. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, I I can see that because pound for pound, this movie was way more money cost wise, half a billion dollars if you add in marketing and shit like that. Yeah, it's a shit ton um, of money. But and Superman's also higher because it's like a single hero movie. Like this was supposed to be like their like pre Avengers slash like Justice League esque type of movie. So I feel like with having so much things in it and so many opportunities, that giving it kind of like uh like high forty ish would kind of be like justified in my opinion at least because i feel there's so much that they could have done and there's so many there's they put so much money and time into it that it could have been better you know what's crazy is that um you know in avengers 2 there's like actual character lots of characters in it that you see screen time wise you know mm-hmm. and the things that we collectively did not like about this movie was the fact that they instead of just teasing the things at the end of the movie like me and bj had suggested about just showing the file being completely decrypted later on and then just cutting away from that, not seeing anything. Those are the things that we actually didn't like about the movie, that it was pre-Justice League stuff, like that the Justice League stuff was kind of just thrown in your face. It it reminded me of Amazing Spider-Man 2, because they they spent that whole movie trying to set up a Sinister Six movie that they forgot to make a good Spider-Man movie. And that's where I felt about this movie is they added so much Justice League stuff. I was like, we know it's fucking coming. Just make a good, make a good movie. Yeah, make a good, right. Make a good Batman v Superman movie. Don't worry about that other shit. Yeah. I think, I think what would have been really good is if that, if it, if, if it was like, um, BJ, you sent me this article this morning, um, that Brian Cranston was going to be the Lex Luthor, which would have been fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that it was Lex Luthor that was, you know, playing puppeteer the entire time, pitting Batman against Superman. Right. Because when he reveals that he's the one that's behind, like, all the newspaper clippings and shit like that, which really bothered me because the newspaper clippings, the writings and shit like that, almost looked like they were the Joker's writing on yeah, the... Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, look... So that sense. bothered me. But then, but again, the big reveal at the end, it was just like, I knew you were the dickhead asshole the whole time because... Because you fucked the movie said it from the very fucking beginning that it was Lex Luthor playing puppeteer the whole time. So they failed at that point too, and it would have been such a better reveal if if you found out that, you know, I mean, we know Lex Luthor is the bad guy, but there's certain parts of stories in the Superman lore where Lex Luthor isn't the bad guy, and you can kind of see his point of view for not liking Superman or or trying to protect Earth from people like Superman. You can see his point of view. But in this one, he's just like a spoiled little shit, and I just want to punch him so hard. Like I don't even know how hard I, I want to like Superman punch him. They like, wrote, yeah. I feel like what would have been fantastic is after Jesse Eisenberg was put in jail, they don't kill Lex Luthor Senior, like actual Lex Luthor, and then Brian Cranston comes in and like kind of goes with the tone that now that, like, my kind of shithead son is out of the way from trying to take the company from me, it's time for, like, the big boys to play and stuff like that. Oh, that, that would have been, cool. been pretty cool, too. That, like, he he wanted his son to fail, so that way he could step in, mm-hmm. kind of like how they did in the comic books with uh, Lex Luthor Jr. trying to take Lex Corp away from Lex. Oh, they, they did that in Smallville, too. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, sure, you can have the company. Nope, just kidding. You suck ass. My turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been great, especially with a, a an actor caliber like Brian. Because I could, I, I mean, when you sent me that article this morning, and I'm I'm picturing Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor, 
And I'm picturing, you know, bits and pieces of him as, as Breaking Bad, where he's like this, like, stoic character, very confident, but very, like, like very sneaky, conni- uh, conniving back-end stuff that you had no idea what was going on, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, my God, that would have been a that would have been a brilliant Lex Luthor. And then immediately I think, well, Zack Snyder was, would have been directing it. So it kind of would have been disappointing anyway. Right. He wouldn't have character developed him at all. It would have been a waste. So it's probably a good thing. He didn't put him in there. Yeah. That's probably why, that's probably why he fucking turned it down. Cause he watched man of steel. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. He's like, what did Superman just do? Did he just fucking hop over that gas tanker and let all those people die? <laughs> Basically, everything comes back to the gas tanker. Yeah, everything, everything does. Everything does. Every, every, everything wrong with Zack Snyder's Superman comes back to that gas tanker. Yeah, totally. Because he just doesn't understand the character at all. So no, clearly. Because you, actually, you actually put like the best scene that you filmed, minus all the action, minus all the special effects, the best scene that you film is that emotional touch that Steve, did you get that with the courtroom scene? No, yeah, I really feel that that humanized and kind of gave us like an in-depth look on how like how taxing it can actually be to be Superman. That's not all right. like smiles right. and like happy thoughts. It actually is like a job, and it's really emotional taxing on Clark. And I felt like that was a perfect illustration on how that was, and then it just completely got lost. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. can we go back to that? Yeah. Oh, okay, thanks, Zach. I said, I said, to, I said this too. I was like, uh, I said, um. My thought was, I almost wish there were two directors on this movie. I wish there was like, I wish Gus Van Sant was like directing like the the, the emotional development of the movie, and then Zack Snyder just develops the action, and then like somebody else edits it, like somebody else edits the movie together. Oh yeah, if this was a collaboration. Like, don't get me wrong, Zack Snyder's very good at explosions and action sequence. By all means, he can direct that. But if we would have got someone who like keeps quarter like character development and stuff like that, this movie would have completely just blown people away. Yeah. I mean, think about how good this movie is if you develop that like just develop that one Superman scene and show me the con- conflict within Superman the rest of the movie. We would have cared. And then the death and the and the death at the end would have been worth it. Exactly. I think they try to like shoehorn it back in with like Jonathan Kent and like that whole scene, like, oh my god, he misses his dad and stuff like that. But it's like that's so after the fact. It's like people don't remember the court scene by that time because they're like, Why is he talking to his dad? Oh yeah. yeah they're too busy they're too busy at that point in time, they're too busy figuring out, is this a dream or are you just hallucinating? Like what's going on? <laughs> no, I can I I can tell you right now. All of that stuff was added in to join the Man of Steel to this movie. They yeah, did, you know what I'm saying? That. They should have. Yeah. They just did that with. I mean, they, there's other parts in them. You can make it smoother. I mean, seriously, I should really be in a fucking storyboarding session with fucking Zack Snyder. Because if you remember, see, I, we'll go back to Iron Man. At the very end of Iron Man, we see Nick Fury. At the end of Man of Steel, we don't see any reveal that's going to tease Batman v Superman. So in Batman v Superman, we got to put Man of Steel stuff in there to to join the movies together. See what I mean? So again, they think the audience is stupid, but and we, and we forget. But you, but you could do that so much better. Just the opening scene itself with Bruce being in Metropolis during that fight is all you needed to. That's all you needed. Man of Steel. Absolutely. And that's you, all could you, go, need. you could go from there. You don't need to waste like ten minutes or whatever that is on the Jonathan scene. You no, have, exactly. And, and the problem is. With with the courtroom scene, you could have undone every like non-character development you did with Superman in Man of Steel 
If you would have just built on that, even if that was by accident, if you had just built on that one scene leading up to his death, that would have fixed the 90% of the problem we have with this Superman. And they just didn't. No. Yeah, because they keep they keep saying that this is a different Superman. This is a conflicted Superman. Well, stop saying it outside of the fucking movie and show it to me in the movie. It doesn't count. It doesn't count if you show it to me in like the fucking like story synopsis outside of the movie because right. I'm not reading the fucking I'm not reading your interview while I'm sitting in the theater. <laughs> yeah. No. The the best scene in the movie is is that scene and they took it away so promptly and they didn't address it that it 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 really like again they, it, it was honestly, a missed opportunity. Complete missed opportunity. I, I, I honestly think to me it seems like they didn't even know what they had with that scene. Like, I don't even think, like, Zach knew what that scene could do for his movie. He just, like, put that in there as, like, a cool, like, you know, as a cool scene with him in the fire. And, oh, flames, it was awesome. But I don't think he knew the emotional connection that could be, that could be taken from that at all. You're right. You're right. And if you were going to, like, shoehorn, like, a Superman comic book event into the movie, that would have been the perfect time to shoehorn in the fall of Superman, where Clark doubts everything that he's doing actually is for the good of mankind. And he actually has to stop and think about his life. That would have been the perfect place to introduce, or at least like give like a little like scrape to that like storyline where Clark Kent actually leaves and goes into space and thinks about exactly what he's doing, if it actually is for the betterment of mankind, instead of Martha Wayne just being like, be a hero, don't be a hero. I don't give a damn, you do what you want. Yeah. The other thing is like when he was walking around in the snow for whatever reason, I thought he was going to the to the ship of solitude or, or build the, the fortress of solitude. I thought That's it, it was number four too. It's like okay, he's alone in the middle of like ice. you know ice. So we're getting the actual fortress of solitude. I'm really excited, and it's like Jonathan Kent. What is Jonathan Kent doing here? Maybe that stone pyramid, the fortress of solitude. Yeah, he's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beginning of it. Well, how exactly. about how about the fact that. How much time do you think it took him to get there? Because I don't think he flew there because he's walking with a backpack. That made no sense either. So how? So what? Like months passed by since he disappeared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. So what is he fucking hitchhiking again? Nope, nope. Yeah. He, he just walks out of gingerly place from Metropolis to the Himalayas. Just a very <laughs> crisp. <Yeah. movie. laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, like every all the other stuff is just being like. That scene is so fucking out of place, seriously. It is. It's like Kevin Costner called Snyder and said, dude, I can I be in this movie, please? And then he's yeah. like, all right, I'll figure something out. And what's with the sticks? On, what, what was with the um, – where did he get sticks in the, in the, in the mountains like They're that? bricks. It was like bricks. Or no, no, no. Wood, at, the very top, or at, the very top of the, at the very top of the stones were like, oh, yeah. like a, a two like, sticks or something. If they wanted to, to go with like uh, – Was it a grave? Superman talks to his dad kind of thing, wouldn't it have made more sense to, for him to do it in, like, you know, the Kent farm or something, you know, where his dad actually lived, rather than him, like, yeah, like taking, like, a six-month vacation to frigging Antarctica that has nothing <laughs> to do with Jonathan Kent at all just to talk to his dad. That makes no sense. Jonathan Kent could, like, snow. We don't know what Kevin Costner does in his free time. <laughs> That's probably where he was vacationing, and they're like, no, fuck that. You're filming it here. Exactly. Like, but, Did the tornado throw him to Antarctica? Is that what happened? <laughs> That's where he got the sticks. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene just uh, I, that scene that makes no sense because mm-hmm. there's 
That's the only time you see snow in that movie, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on there. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. All right, guys. Beginning of the foundation for the Fortress of Solitude. All right. Well, let's let's get some uh, let's get some final thoughts from the four of us, and then and then uh, talk about what we want to see coming up, and then we'll wrap this sucker up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You first. Uh, well, I thought, like I said, you know, it was it was fun. It was a fun movie. There was definitely some like you know editing problems. Uh, the actors and actresses aren't to blame. It's just the material they're given isn't the best. But I think they did a really good job of what they had. So overall, I did enjoy the movie, and I am. Looking forward to Justice League, and I'm especially looking forward to the Ben Affleck directed Batman movie because I think he'll do a really great job with that. Uh, for me, I kind of a, I kind of agree with Dan. Like, yes, I'm not the biggest fan of the movie, but as a comic book fan, I can't just give up all hope on what uh, Justice League could be. So I am kind of still looking forward to it, and I agree with Dan that Ben Affleck's directed Batman will give me the, like, revitalized faith I need in DC Comics. And I just think, I think it'll be really, really, really good on how the other team members meet up for Justice League. Yeah, I, so, I love Batman, love, love Batfleck. I think, you know, we can all agree we're totally waiting uh, on a bated breath for his Batman movie. Um, I think Superman, again, got crapped on. I, I think, gosh, they really need to do He's supposed to be the leader of the Justice League, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, they really need to they really need to um step it up with his character. And um as far as the Justice League is concerned, I really I hope part 1 is like an Ocean's 11. I really want Affleck and Wonder Woman to run around and start and pick up these metahumans. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I think that'd be cool. Vic? Yeah, so what's you just brought up like a really good point about like Superman or just a, a really good question that made me think about or made me fear for Justice League because Superman is supposed to be the leader of this of the Justice League because everybody because he his moral his moral high ground is so much better than everyone else's that even Bruce Wayne looks up to Superman that he knows that Superman morally is better uh, than Batman regardless of what even though they both fight for the same thing. And the Superman that Zack Snyder has given us is somebody who still doesn't know if he wants to be Superman. And that's kind of that's kind of it's kind of a disconnect of if all these superheroes, all these powerful beings are supposed to be looking up at Superman who still is basically like a guy still trying to figure out what he wants to do for the rest of his life after college. That's essentially what Superman is in this in this version. Having said that, um, you know, I, I was very entertained with this movie. There are still major problems with the way Zack Snyder tells a story and character develops. But you you you, you dance a dangerous uh, thing here when when all you rely on is visual effects and, and action and you don't develop a story. So yes, talking to you, George Lucas. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. W like like seriously like DC needs to sell their property to Marvel or not sorry Disney and let them do it. But uh could you imagine if fucking Disney bought DC? Holy shit. We would get um, JLA Avengers. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. It'd be awesome. It would be a, jo- awesome. a Joss Whedon Avengers. Or just, first thing I would do is fire Zack Snyder. But anyway, so finishing on my, my point here is or thoughts is that this is a really entertaining movie. 
lots of issues. It is definitely a really good popcorn movie. It's one of the best popcorn movies I've seen in a really long time where you can just sit there and just be in awe of what you're watching. Um, but once you start thinking about it, it starts making you mad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm really interested to see like what happens later on, but at the same time, I'm really fearful and I can't wait for Batman. I can't wait for the Batman solo movie. I, because I know, you know, Ben Affleck, I have faith that Ben Affleck yeah. will direct a really good Batman movie. And yes. I can't wait to see that. Absolutely. What, awesome. what I do hope they do is not ruin flash and give him that armored suit for his movie because i will hate that you know i actually really quick you know when they were showing those sequences in the file and the flash like uh you know takes the robber away he basically destroys that convenience store and i'm like (laughs) we fucking just film something where a superhero doesn't like inadvertently have collateral damage for something they need to sign a it was, contract. Like punk, gotta... it was just a punk kid trying to rob a convenience store, and the Flash trying to save, like, basically destroys half of the fucking convenience store. Well, they need to sign, when they when they join the Justice League, they need to sign a contract not to destroy anything. And if they do, they got to pay for it. Yeah. No. <laughs> awesome, you guys. Well, I I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed this more talking to you guys. And, All right, why don't you guys? Uh, so Dan, Steve, why don't you say goodbye? Bye, guys. Thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for you guys. It was really a lot of fun. All right. Well, that was uh, episode 15 of Chew on This and Nerds United Podcast. I'm BJ. I'm Vic. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.